Well, welcome to Ozbuzz. Today it's my great pleasure to chat with Eamon Percy, who ran a $70 million company at age 30, published a bestseller, and then reinvented himself as an outstanding business coach. I'm really looking forward to it. Welcome, Eamon. Good morning, Ozzy. I'm pleased to be here. Listen, um, how did you come to Canada? Well, I'm actually an immigrant, and right. my family originally came from Ireland in the 1950s. And we were only here a year or two, and then they went back and they thought they missed their family, went back to Ireland. And when they went back to Ireland, they realized, you know, Canada's not that bad, <laughs> land of milk and honey. So they actually came back to Canada. And it was in that very short period that they were in Ireland that I was born there. Uh, so I actually have an older sister born in Canada in the first round, and uh, then three younger siblings in the others. Yes. And then we That's, settled here. Then I noticed, so they gave you sort of a very unique kind of a name, Eamon. Yeah. Is that the right pronunciation? Yeah, well, actually it's pronounced Eamon. The Eamon. E is silent. I'm named after Eamon de Valera. He ah. was the first president of Ireland. Oh. And he fought side by side with my grandfather in the Irish Easter Rebellion of 1916. See, this is what the old parents used to do. My father named me Oswald after right. the god of thunder. So right. <laughs> not quite as illustrious as you, but no. there you go. Well, right. and, and as when I was growing up, of course, Eamon wasn't a common name. So it was it was tough being a young kid. I don't know about Oswald uh, and Ozzy. We oh, had uh, similar experiences. Well, it's but, clear. I mean, I came to Canada and um, my first job, and this was in the 60s, and my first manager said, look, you can't be Oswald. Everybody remembers the killer of Kennedy. You're going to be Ozzy. <laughs> and you know what? He did me a favor yeah, because Ozzy was sort of friendly and Oswald yeah. was a bit heavy, right? Yeah, so, yeah. But people always think I'm Australian. Well, yeah. anyways, so well, we, we have you as Eamon de Valera. I have a new uh, appreciation of the name. <laughs> yeah. Well, in this age of the internet and Google search, names, unique names like Ozzy and Eamon are actually a, a real benefit now because there's sure. not that many other Aussie jerks and Eamon yeah. Percy's in the world and people find me right But away. you managed not to have an accent. Um, my, I'm recognized by the way right. I, you know, right. the way I sound. Listen, you, you have sort of an interesting uh, path, you know, yeah. you, uh, you chose to be an electrical engineer and then you got an MBA. So. Right, right. Yeah. So I went into engineering school because I wanted to be able to, to uh, start a great career and I started on a Monday and by the Friday I realized I was actually in the wrong program. <laughs> So, uh, you know, what's a person to do? I went ahead and finished the program anyways, and it was absolutely terrific because I realized many years after finishing uh, an engineering program that uh, engineers are taught to solve problems. And if I can take the problem solving of engineering and apply it to business or people or finance, then that time in school really was worth sure. the time. I think all learning is good anyway. Yeah, so. it is. Yeah. yeah. So then I went on and I got an MBA and I started my a career in the corporate world, um, learning how to be a great manager and leader, then ultimately running companies. Yeah, it's funny when I look at a lot of the corporations in Canada, they're all run by accountants. It seems to be right. not only do you have to be a leader and a visionary, you have to have a business background. Yeah. And when you have an engineering background, you learn how to be detail oriented and yeah. check facts and yeah. all that. You know, yeah, so. and how to solve big complex problems. And if you can take that approach and apply it to a business, it's terrific. So it's, it, I'm, beyond thrilled to have that background, quite yeah. frankly. Just never practiced as an engineer, got right into the business and the people side of things pretty quickly, which is what I like. Well, but you also, <clears throat> you, you went and took it by storm because you moved up quite quickly in the business world, didn't you? Yeah, I, I did. I mean, our great family, great immigrant family, but let's just say we had uh, minimal resources. And I found out very early on that it was up to me to, if I really wanted to make something of myself, 
So I embarked on this uh, journey of building my career as fast as I possibly could. I started working in the automotive industry, actually in Ontario for Ford Motor Company, this big electronics plant. And I gave myself a goal of getting a promotion every 18 months. Oh, well, that's pretty good too. Yeah, and it worked out great. And that moved up really quickly at Ford. And then I was able to take that and I was recruited to run a fiber optics company uh, called Pirelli Cable, the Italian company. And the same people that make the tires and, yeah. the, and the... I got them on my car. Yeah, yeah. And they actually run a big cable <clears throat> division, uh, division. So I did that and it was a really successful turnaround. And then from there I was recruited to a big technology company at the time called Ballard Power Systems. And I became a vice president there. That was one of the bigger, uh, that was the first uh, real uh, battery company. Yeah, actually Fuel Cell. Fuel Cell, yeah, yeah. yeah, which is similar. Was Mercedes invested in that? Mercedes invested in a big way. Mm -hmm. And um, interesting you mentioned that. Uh, I spent a lot of time in Germany. I was there probably every couple of weeks for, for years. Stuttgart mostly, but other other areas as well too, and really got to know the the German people and the German culture. So did they back out too soon? You think? Uh, no, they they actually leaned in even heavily, more heavily. They invested further, then they spun out a, a division, and they're still very active. And they're yeah. one of the leaders in fuel cell technology today. Well, because they were an early st early starter. You know, I mean, this is how many years ago? Yeah, yeah. Well, and they've always been an innovator in the automotive yeah. space. Interestingly enough. And uh, I'm, if you ever get it, I'm sure you've been to Stuttgart, but if you get a chance to go back, there's a fantastic Mercedes-Benz uh, museum there. Mm -hmm. And it's worth visiting just to see how they innovate. I mean, the cars wow. are amazing, but just to see how the business innovated over time. So it was a great experience for me. Yeah, I know it's, it's a very fine company. And uh, I, you know, I, I've, I've bought the cars uh, over the years uh, yeah. several times. They seem to be getting a lot more uh, expensive. They haven't heard about uh, lower prices. So no. They're not innovative <laughs> in that no. regard. Well, they're, they're not, but they're also <laughs> following the you know, globalization, low interest rates, yeah. and the creation of, of mass, massive amounts of wealth. So yeah. I, I think they're understanding that they can ride that wave for a while. Yeah, yeah of, course, company. of course you would defend them against small people like me <laughs> who have to pay the price. <laughs> but listen, you, what did you learn then in the corporate world that sort of benefits you in, in your new reinvented uh, self in the co coaching world? Well, you, you realize that in, in any job and even in the corporate world, it's really up to you to make the best of the circumstances that are in front of you. And whether it's a job or whether you're a real estate investor, or whether you're running your own company. And that's the main, that's the one lesson that I learned. And to get as many skills as you can and then transfer those skills to other aspects of your life. Mm -hmm. So I, I had a great experience in the corporate world, loved it very much. And I ended up running uh, two companies that were very successful turnarounds. And we made a lot of money in a short period of time. And then I've taken that experience and I've now brought it to the, to the, uh, the consulting world and I run my own company. And I'm one of these people that doesn't like the idea of ever retiring. I like work. I like being busy. I like well, you don't look active. old enough to be retired. No, I, I, I'm not. But uh, even it's not even on the horizon. So uh, I just see it as we're just so fortunate to have the time that we have, and I want to just keep on contributing. So this is the way I, I decided to do so it. So what is it that you do? You go inside a company and you analyze it, and yeah. So so what I do is I'm a I run a company that does business coaching and training, and we focus on mid to larger companies, and I work with executives and CEOs of those companies and I'll work with them to understand how do we help grow their business usually it's around cash flow uh, EBITDA and getting greater enterprise Just value. For the listeners, uh, what is right. EBITDA? Right, right. Um, so EBITDA is earning before interest taxes and depreciation right. so it's a version of, of profit is one way to, to look at it 
Uh, cash flow, of course, I know you're, you talk a lot about cash yep. flow. It's my mantra. <laughs> yeah, it really is. It's a great, if there's one mantra to have, that's a great one. Uh, and it applies in these big companies um, as importantly as it does in real estate investing. So that's what I do. And I work with the executives, sometimes the business owners, and I coach them through what I learned in the corporate world and apply it to their business to help them grow and scale their business. I also um, uh, run courses and I sit on boards and write books as well too. But so what do you have a system that you follow that? Uh... Yeah, so, so what I do is I have a five-step system that's based on the 25 years I was in the corporate world and I realized um, over the last few years with helping companies that a lot of improvement, and I know you talk about this in, in your um, in real estate and the, in the, your conferences, it really is a process. And you don't have to go out and reinvent it every single time. Right, right. If you're going to invest in real estate or if you're going to build your company, you go through this process. So my process is called from chaos to order. Order stands for obsession, reality, direction, mm. execution, and results. That's neat. From yeah. chaos to, to order. Right? Yeah. And the don't you need a little chaos to be... A, you, a, you, <laughs> you do to keep you, <laughs> to keep you sharp. That's for sure. Too much. Yeah. And of course... It, it, you know, things are uh, completely out of hand. But the idea is that the reality is in business and even individually, we're all facing uncertainty. We're facing not enough time. We don't have enough clarity. We have our own worlds of, of chaos. And um, that's just the reality. And in business, it gets magnified by the executive or the leader. So if you're leading a 500 person company and you're doing a couple hundred million a year, You've got to find ways to mitigate that chaos, both as an individual, the leader, and within the business. So you never truly achieve perfect order, That's, but the idea is that you move towards it. Yeah. And by walking through those five steps, uh, the obsession reality, which is about the, the individual, are you obsessed about what you're doing, and are you looking at the way the world is, not the way you want the world to be? Uh, those are the first two steps. And the next two is, let's get a direction, what's your strategy? And what's the plan to make it happen? And then you execute against that. Action, action, action. I've heard that sure. from you many times. For me, it's companies really have to focus on executing well. And then finally, it's results. But then the individuals have to know what, what to execute, right? I mean, how clear is the guide? And I agree with you, it always starts with the leader, right? Is, it is does, he or Aussie. she in today's world just as often as she? Uh, do they do they the most of them they would have the passion I would think otherwise they wouldn't have been where they are yeah but can they apply it you know? yeah that that's that's really interesting yeah they, they do have a they definitely have a passion in actual fact it 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 often takes a bit of time to unravel what that passion or purpose is some of its giving back some of its personal improvement there's a lot of other aspects to it um, and that really drives their their behavior, the, the obsessive behavior to be to be better. Um, but the challenge often comes when knowing what to do next. So what I like to do is to bring it right down to what are the what are the tactics, what does a person need to do as a next step? How do you build an executive team? How do you bring on top talent? How do you set goals? Very specific things that are helpful so I can make that connection between their, their purpose and right down to helping the company grow. And because I've done this successfully in the corporate world, my team and I are able to package this together to help people. And I, I, get, a, I get a great great personal satisfaction, quite frankly, out of it, Ozzy, working with, with people, 
because I can see that I'm helping them make a difference. And many of the differences around their, their families or charities or, or something. And sometimes it's just growing the business and creating more jobs. Yeah. And that's important for, especially today for a lot of young people where it can be challenging to get into the workforce. Well, I, my old uh, friend and um, speaker was Mike Vance, who was the Dean of Disney University. And he felt that innovation is the creation of the old or the rearranging and of the creation of the new or rearranging the old in a new way. Mm -hmm. And among other things, you're always looking at well-run companies are uh, focusing on the individual, getting, mm -hmm. getting their own individual goals that they mm -hmm. have a feeling that they can achieve them through achieving the company goals. Mm -hmm. And I guess that's what you do by understanding their obsession and understanding, do they come from a a place of reality, not mm -hmm. sort of some sort of a dream world, right? That's right. And then the execution, right. I mean, we talk about action is everything. On a personal basis, I created the little cards that, is that we grow into our own mm -hmm. future best as yeah. individuals. Yeah. I mean, I was five years ago, I was different than I am today. Yeah. And five years from now, I'll be different yeah. again. The difference is today with somebody that can direct me like yourself, mm -hmm. um, I will know what that person is going to be like. I'll have an idea of how I can go into my future best mm -hmm. self. And I think in, in your business, uh, when I look at Ralph Waldo Emerson, the famous American poet who mm -hmm. said, God grant me someone who can make me do what I can. The premise is that we already, we, we can do it, right? Mm -hmm. We do it. But here we have a, uh, uh, some, an outsider can take a fresh look at my company, a fresh look at other people. Mm -hmm. Are we actually doing what we're seeing? And I guess that's where you come in. That's absolutely it. And that's a great quote. I'll have to remember that one. So when people think about reality, sometimes we think about the reality being more difficult than what we're currently faced. But the way you put it and what I see with many of these executives is that the reality is something else that they can achieve. It's a greater potential. Yeah, no, no, no question about it. And that's what really grows the business. So now you, you have, uh, you know, tactics and tips and techniques mm -hmm. to accelerate the growth. So does that apply to any business what you have? Uh, it, I focus on larger businesses uh, just because there's other uh, scale and there's people and there's certain uh, infrastructure involved. But yes, it does apply to smaller businesses as well, too. And um, later on, right now, my coaching uh, programs and courses are targeted more for larger companies. Um, but I have plans in the future to roll out an online version of Chaos to Order. They'll be available to smaller companies. But the basic idea does, for sure, 100%. But then your first book was called The 1% Solution. So, so what was that all about? Yeah, so um, my daughter went to university. I have three kids. My eldest daughter went to university, and she asked me for some tips on what to do. And I know you have kids. We were just talking about yeah. that. And, it's not often that the kids will ask you, uh, you know, dad or mom, can you please help me out? So she asked for some ideas and I wrote her a small letter and um, sent her the letter. Then, like a lot of things, uh, I started thinking about what I, what, I, what I did. And I realized that I gave her some suggestions as to what to do, largely from the mindset that things are working well. The reality is things don't always go according to plan. Right. So I started writing a second letter as to what to do when things aren't going well. In other words, how to persevere. And that second letter I wrote until I wrote 370 pages. 
How many pages? 370. Okay. <laughs> From a letter. <laughs> yeah. And turned it into a book. And what did she say? Oh my God, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> she, yeah. Next time send me an email or a text. <laughs> well, us engineers, we do tend to get a bit, a bit obsessed about certain things, but um, I turned it into a book. It's called The 1% Solution, How Small Daily Improvements Produce Massive Long-Term Results. And so what does that what what does that one percent that I need to do? So the, the the premise is for us to achieve big goals, the big obstacles, we have to take that big goal and break it down into really small, uh, bite-sized pieces. Because we can envision how we can solve the small problem today, and that compounds over time to get solve the big problem in the future. So the one percent is uh, not focusing on doing one thing a hundred percent better every day but focus on doing 100 things 1% better every day. So it's incremental improvement. And if you can make those improvements in all aspects of your life, even most aspects of your life, then the compounding effect, just like money compounding in the bank or real estate appreciating, over time produces massive results. So that's the, the premise of the book. So in addition, this book is really about helping young professionals Especially today, Ozzy, because there's just so much change going on right now. Confusion. It's really, it's really confusing. And um, the young people that they're facing AI, disruption and technology and the nature of work is changing. I know that produces opportunity, no question. Mm -hmm. But it really is a matter of giving them the skills and, and tips today to note that if they just keep working every day, over a long period of time, they'll get the benefit of that cumulative effort. And that's what the book is all about. Mind you, don't the young people today, they want instant solutions? They, they instant, <laughs> instant results. They, they do, and that's, that's the dichotomy of, of not only the way we grow as individuals, but even the way that businesses grow. So when I wrote the book, I actually wrote it down with that in mind because I wrote a hundred different habits, and each habit is very specific. So for instance, there's a section in the book on, on finance. And so if somebody's looking for instant results, they can go to that section, they can read the, the piece on passive income, for instance, and then take that piece of advice as to what to do. I'm very proud of this book. It was a big effort to get it complete. It's been available now for a couple of years. It's on Amazon. And uh, also to let you and your uh, listeners know, and because I was so, even though I started my electrical engineering on a Monday and by Friday I felt like I was in the wrong program, <laughs> now with the benefit of time I can look back and realize how important that education was to me. So I'm giving 100% of the profits of this book to student scholarships in science, technology, engineering, and math. Wow, 100%. 100%. So wow. this is not a profit venture for me. This is my way of giving back in an area that really helped my life over time. That's really alien to my nature. To, yeah. to have no, no, <laughs> give everything away. But we don't have to. No, I'm just kidding. But I think partly why I like the book is the fact that you say it's the little improvements. It's right. that road to our own future best self. It's yeah. a, that's that road to a better company. Mm -hmm. Nothing happens overnight. Yeah. So often in our real estate action courses, sometimes say, "Oh, Ozzy, can I have five condos in two years?" Mm -hmm. And I say, "Well." maybe yes and no, but uh, that is not interesting to me. Mm -hmm. How are you going to get there? Well, it, I just want to know whether it's possible. I said, I, the way you put it to me, no. Mm -hmm. You know, if you told me the first condo you will have by May 1 and the second one you will have by September 30th and the third one, then I'll tell you, all I now have to do is you learn, 
you know, how to find an area, how to find a good property mm -hmm. management, basic principles. Mm -hmm. But the key is you have to know where you're going, right? Mm -hmm. And so even that 1% solution, I have to have an understanding that I need to do some learning mm -hmm. and how can I improve that? Can I take another mm -hmm. course or can I? And that's why the gradual approach, I really like that. Mm -hmm. And in your example, if he wants to buy that condo by May, by May 1st, then what does he do this week? And then right. what does he do this week? What does he do today? Sure. And what am exactly. I doing for the next hour? Right. And, and I better get that done and do the best I can for that today. That's and you the know idea. that I, I, I firmly believe that it's better to have some sort of a business plan. It's better to have even some canned approach to myself. Like when people saying, well, uh, what would I say? Well, practice it. Mm -hmm. You know, don't you, you didn't grow up mm -hmm. making a sales presentation. You didn't grow up with, with, a, with the, all the right words in your mouth. So practice it. People say, well, I don't like to listen to myself on a tape because I'm not like myself. Rest mm -hmm. assured, that's you. <laughs> you know, that's really interesting you mentioned that, Ozzy. And, uh, and this may be interesting for your, your listeners. I can't tell you how many times a CEO or an executive has called me and said, Eamon, I'm going into a board meeting. What do I say in the first 30 seconds? Yeah. They want to practice it. And you would think yeah. CEO of a big company, where I've got a customer meeting in New York. Yeah. What do I say in the first minute or two? Yeah. So that bringing it down to that very practical level, sure. I think, is really the ingredient. Well, that's and uh, and that's a fact. I mean, I, I've had the privilege of being a CEO myself of a company mm -hmm. with ten thousand employees in Toronto, and when I started out, I was do they really, do they really know me? Right. Do they know something about <laughs> me that I don't know? I mean, right. what am I doing here? And right. I read later on that a lot of CEOs start out, you know, being apprehensive. Yeah. And so you need to know what you're doing. Yeah. I used to actually make myself, in those days, tapes, mm -hmm. pop them in the car, and I'm going to be the best president of the company ever yeah. had. And then all of the learning that you do around it, then you start getting confident, mm -hmm. you see some results. And that's why I think this steady growth um, approach that you have in your book is, is really mm -hmm. excellent. So you get mm -hmm. it on uh, Amazon. Mm -hmm. Is it available Audible? Uh, I'm doing the Audible version in June, have it scheduled with my program uh, project manager and it'll be available later in the year. So right now it's Kindle and a hard copy. Yeah, and I would urge everybody to uh, to buy the book and give it away. And not only that, you're doing a good deed at, at the very same time. Mm -hmm. Now you're going into companies, so they would hire you and then there's sort of a project basis, I would assume you have three months or two months. Or I normally work on a, um, I run it as a program, so it's okay. normally on a retainer basis. Okay. But what I do is I have a 12-month uh, process that I run the companies mm -hmm. through, typically. But, you're also, but, but it's long-term yeah. is the point. But yeah. you also run meetings or events? Or, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so anybody can go and buy an event or a, yep. buy a day. Yeah. Do, do you have a website? that? You yeah, it's uh, percygroup.ca. Percygroup.ca. Yeah. Percy so it's P-E-R-C-Y group.ca. And so there they can find out uh, a lot more about you yeah. and, and the courses in your area. Where do you usually, are you concentrating in Canada? I'm in Canada right yeah. now, focused on Canada, across Canada, yeah. by the way. So. Yeah. so any pearls of wisdom for us, uh, how we should uh, keep on going in 2019? Well, I, I think this is an incredible year of opportunity, quite frankly, it really is. And even though the, it looks like the economic expansion is long on the tooth, I actually think um, that with this low interest rate environment, certainly from a real estate perspective, locally, and that's your area, I think it's plenty of opportunity. Um, but longer term, right now, we've got a low interest rate, we've got an expanding global economy, we've got a lot of young people coming into the, into the workforce. 
Uh, understanding how millennials think and operate is absolutely critical for any executive going forward. I really do believe that. And I'm quite optimistic about um, the world going, going forward. I think from the, the work that I do with the, the executives and the CEOs, the overarching emphasis is just working on themselves and being the best version of themselves personally that they can, they can do. And that's what helps them build great businesses. Yeah, there's no question about that. But you know, talk about millennials. How are they different than the, the boomers? Well, I'm, I'm actually quite optimistic about millennials. I have two uh, millennials that I work with and I think they're absolutely terrific. Um, they're, they're different in, they have a, I believe, a better understanding of how to cooperate in a, in a work environment, I have seen. And I know there's people out there that may have different perspectives. Um, but my view is that they're able to cooperate and share um, approaches and decision making better, typically. This is a broad generalization, yeah. but, but typically than baby boomers. Um, I also think that they're very driven by the, the desire to give back and purpose, and I'm seeing that in a lot of the, the younger people that I'm working with. And when I realize now at this phase of my career, I realize how important that is. I didn't think it was that important at the beginning, but now I do. And I think that's really going to help them going forward. Well, it's interesting. There certainly are different. I mean, my grandson, who, by the way, ran my company for a few years and mm -hmm. now is uh, uh, now he's gone into a different direction very successfully. Um, he doesn't want a car. You know, right. with me, I've grown up with cars. And my right. whole idea was not right. just a car, but a good car and then a better car. And a, you know, yeah. and the, the whole... No, he says, I, why would I want a car? He says, I can rent one for an hour for 20 bucks and it yeah. includes gas and insurance. And if I need to go some shopping with my wife, with my girlfriend, then we, we rent it for four hours, cost me $60. And yeah. I start to think, hmm, no insurance, yeah. no taxes, yep. no, <laughs> no, no gas, not so bad. And yeah. uh, so then I try to tell him, go buy some real estate downtown. He says, if I buy the real estate downtown, it's so expensive. Uh -huh. He says, um, there's just no way that, that I'm going to live for the next 20 years uh, just to make the mortgage payments. Right. But also, so you go to a suburb and you say, no, 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 no. He says, why would I want to live out there? I want to be downtown where the action is. We like to go out and we, you know. Right. And so you start to think, yeah, there's different ways you can live yeah. your life. And yeah. now he's going to be buying real estate, but he says, I'm going to buy my investment real estate because yeah. I believe in the long run, the yeah. tenant will pay up my mortgage. He yeah. grasps all the concepts. It just, I don't have to change my life dramatically just because mm -hmm. I also want to invest. Really interesting guys and girls. Yeah, it's fascinating when we open our mind to the perspective of others, what we can actually yeah. learn at any point in our life. Yeah, no question about it. Well, uh, Eamon, I think it was a very interesting half hour. I went by very, very fast. Mm -hmm. uh, any final parting, parting words? Well, Ozzy, I'd like to thank you for the opportunity to be here and really appreciate it and wish all your real estate investor uh, subscribers and, and listeners, um, happy investing and um, hope they have a, 20, a great 2019. And I'm looking forward to that new book, Chaos to Order. Yeah, it's going to be available later on this year, Chaos to Order. I want the book. first copy. I will send you one for sure. <laughs> Thank you, Iman Percy. Thank you.